0: Hi everyone, and welcome to the Real Science Cast, the podcast where three highly qualified professionals pick a movie and then pick about the science. My name's Kenan Smith, and I'm just a man with a microphone.
1: My name is Sean Cross, and I'm also just a man with a microphone.
2: My name is uh, is Michael Pace, and I not only have a microphone, but I also have a pop filter, and therefore my saliva is is. It's not. It's not getting to you. It's not right on there. now.
0: We're three just for men with microphones, and we're here to report a, record a podcast today. And this podcast is about any and all science that we can possibly extract from the movie Minority Report. I believe.
1: Yes, that is correct. Again, the movie Minority Report, which
0: I believe came out in
1: two thousand and two.
2: It's an old fucking movie.
0: <laughs> it's really old. Bit of a like tonal shift between the two of us eight- and.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's 18 years old why do people still watch this shit oh right because it's actually good
0: uh, yeah i think that's up for debate and it's a debate that i'm glad to have near the yeah. end of this episode okay for we, sure. can, we, can sure, sure. About, we can talk uh, about it stars, it stars yeah. uh
1: tom cruise uh that's colin correct. farrell mm-hmm. samantha morton uh max von siddo
0: side Al, but okay
1: uh, sure side <laughs> Uh, Lois Smith and Peter Stormare. And they're the first six people on Rotten Tomatoes. So <laughs> You're not gonna they're not the going who get credit just... for this well, movie. Wow, thank you, no, Sean. All right.
0: What do you what, <laughs> what do I look I, like? Honestly, a I had forgotten
2: that Colin Colin Farrell is in this movie, and he's a super young guy. He's looking just crisp as fuck in this. He's ready to
0: go. He's also like a main character. He is a main character. He does a really good job in this film, actually. He is. He does. I. There are two people that I think absolutely deserve to be mentioned in this film. I'm glad you mentioned Peter Stormare because he's great. I love that actor. Uh, mm-hmm. But also Neil McDonough is in this movie, the man who is eternally stuck in pretty bad, terrible movies. Uh, and then also Tim Blake Nelson <laughs> of Oh Brother, Where Art Thou fame.
2: I love Oh Brother, Where Art Thou. Mm-hmm so much that is a fantastic movie it's
0: extremely good
2: yeah it's extreme i should watch that again and we should do it for our podcast
0: yeah i don't know what we talk about but I yeah
1: that's interesting pace no we shouldn't i take that back pace yeah. has right. embodied our twitter fan base
0: hell yeah um sean what's your favorite tim blake nelson film
1: okay so kenan you remember how i said that i only have the six uh People pulled up. Now I have to look for Tim Blake Nelson's face. So I, I mean, another
0: easy one about. is uh, The Incredible Hulk. Isn't he? Starring um, the guy from American History X, whose name has flown for me for some reason.
2: Have, have you guys seen, I, I believe it was on Netflix, uh, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Scruggs? Which is yes. a He is in that, and it's, it's, it's a short. You know, his section is only about 20 minutes long, but it's very good. It's
0: extremely good. <laughs> Sean, I could softball you another one, and you could tell me what your favorite Neil McDonough movie is.
1: Uh, so Neil McDonough in some stuff. Mm-hmm. He's, he's in some he things. is in some stuff. There's Sean? one,
0: quite, like the most important film that he's been in. In hold on one second, uh, the last five years exactly.
1: Oh man, I need to. You know, I don't remember, but I can, his I can face, help you out. Let's...
0: It's um, a. There's an important man who is on the right side of the law, um, at all times and anywhere that you would go and pick up just like. You know, like a Jamba Juice, or like some Forever Twenty One, or like maybe the Gap. Uh, this man is there to protect you, and Neil McDonough tries to make his life hell. In <laughs> um, approximately two hours and fifteen minutes of runtime, I think is how long that Paul Blart Mallcop. Oh to my mall god!
1: <laughs> that was the softball. <laughs> Kenan, you can't name a movie that no one has ever seen. <laughs> I've seen it. It's incredible. You've <laughs> seen Paul Blart Mall Cop 2.
0: Yeah, it's a comedy for the whole family. Why would I have not seen Blart rides again? Kevin
2: James is not a good, not a funny, not a funny guy. Kevin James funny.
0: is funny in a way that is upsetting. Kevin James is funny in a way that like you laugh at him but also you're like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry that you have to do this."
2: Yeah, right, exactly. Mm. Yeah kind of like adam sandler too we gotta, we gotta um, stop
1: blarting around and uh get into this movie you know yeah
2: but, but before we do before we do i have some things to i'd like to say okay and that is that this is a podcast about science and the upper echelon of intellectual conversation and therefore if you're not ready for this then you can go listen to another Fucking show, yeah! And just get out of here, yeah! Go get out of here. Listen to uh, leave
0: Giant Bombcast or like um, fucking Fresh Air,
2: yeah, <laughs> right. But at the same time, we're gonna talk about some science, so get ready for that. And then we're also gonna say some bad words if you haven't been able to tell, um, because we're not n- naughty boys. And so mm-hmm. I hope that you're you can get naughty with us through this adventure and um without further ado let's let's get into this shit
0: let's do this so this week we watched uh as we've said paul bar mall cop 2 no um, no and- kenan you can't it's the one part you can't lie about oh you can't lie about that. this week we watched the core um no, so- no no
1: no 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 you're stuck in a time limit, <laughs> that was two kenan. weeks ago which do
0: we what do we do
1: this week we watched we watched Minority Report. Oh,
0: okay. So the core was the past, and was what I was seeing, and then like the precogs in this film, Paul Blart, yeah, Mall yeah. Cop Two is the future.
1: Yeah, you're you're actually a post cog, oh so you were just seeing things that we've already done. Post cog. <laughs> yeah. Some people call like it memory, post-cog. but you're just a post cog.
0: So coming up next, Pace is going to do the disclaimers for our podcast. Um, so here no, they, that already uh, happened. No, that already now, happened. Yeah, hold on,
2: pause. Okay, we did that already. We're gonna we're gonna do the plot now, and We're gonna tell these people what happened in this movie, so they can might have a semblance of an idea of what we're talking
0: about. Okay, well, yeah, my Kenan. understanding is that we have some brand new, like, fresh out of the box, right out of the oven, uh, uh, beautiful, newly trimmed hedges, like rules. <laughs> Did you just pull your
1: hedges out of the oven? I just
0: pulled my hedges right out of the (laughs) oven box. those boys are crisp. Put them into a box, ship them off to my friends and family for them to grow in their yard. Happy COVID-19. Okay. Um, Some fresh rules for the plot summary.
1: Yeah, what Kenan is so uh, eloquently alluding to, uh, generally when we do the plot, we do a face-off where we roll a d20. And whoever rolls the highest roll has to do the plot. We are still going to be doing that. But in addition, we are going to be rolling a D6, which is just a regular dice. And the number that it lands on will determine how many minutes that individual has to do the entire plot summary for the movie. Because all of these movies like to introduce ticking clocks, we're going to actually put one in our own show.
0: Yeah. At the beginning of every plot (laughs) summary, one of us is going to go beep, boop, beep, boop, Mm -hmm. beep. We're not going to do that.
1: Nope. Yep. Except it's going to be way less than 24 hours.
0: Yeah, it's going to be 24 seconds, because that's what's (laughs) on a D6. All right, you guys ready? Who's rolling? Who has to roll?
1: You and me are rolling, Kenan. Oh, Oh, also, I should tell the listeners, if they're like, oh, I don't want to listen because of spoilers from 18 years ago, this movie's available on Netflix, so you should just go watch it right now, if you have Netflix, Correct. which I'm assuming you do.
0: Hold on, I have to turn my lights on in my room, or I won't be able to see my dice. I was wondering, why are you in the dark?
2: Well, I think he was going by natural light up until this point in time, and the natural light failed him.
0: Oh. Um, um. mm-hmm. Oh.
1: All right, Sean, are you ready to fucking rumble? I'm ready. Let's do this. All right. Wait,
0: are you just rolling your d20? What? Oh, hell
1: yeah. Hey. Yeah, I'm rolling the d20. <laughs> What'd you get, bro?
0: Yeah. No, it's your turn. I got an 18. I got an eight. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, can I, I don't have a D6
1: out, so I need you to roll for me.
0: Okay, um, honor system. I promise I won't lie to you. I'll take a picture okay. of it. I Just just don't lie to me. That's fine. Okay, I've never lied, so that's easy. Okay.
2: <laughs> you got a one. All right, There's hold on. One? I'm taking a
0: picture of this die. Oh, God. <laughs> Boop. All right, that's for posterity. And then whenever you're ready, I'm going to start a timer. Okay, is it actually a one? Oh, oh yeah, it's a one. Okay. All right, Sean. You've okay. only got one fucking minute,
1: so let's hear this. Here we go. I'm gonna start in five seconds because my timer's going and it's about to catch up to the full minute. Okay. Okay. So, okay. The movie takes place in the distant future, where is a dystopian society where there is no more murder uh, that's being committed because the police force has this technology called precogs, which are essentially three individuals that have the ability to see when future murders are going to happen. And the police go and arrest the people before they can actually commit the crimes. Our main character, um, Detective John Anderson, is the cop. And he gets... This is fucking awful. He gets, <laughs> go, go, go! <laughs> uh, he normally arrests people for committing future crimes until a precog predicts his future murdering of someone that he's never even met. So then he immediately goes AWOL and escapes and is trying to outrun the police as they're searching for him, which is typically very hard in this society because everybody uses retina scanners in order to identify where you are at all times. So he undergoes surgery to have his eyeballs removed and replaced with new eyeballs. And... (laughs) Time. (laughs) Fuck. you got through a lot you're doing good we'll i told give you, you, you it minute, minute, was not going to be enough
2: one those are the most important Sean. parts we'll you... of the movie i mean that's all we're going to talk about that's
0: true that's true <sighs> it's perfect and now we're freed from the plot
1: wait hold on that's so <laughs> unsatisfying
0: all right all right give me one
1: one more minute no come on 30, right, seconds. 30 seconds wrap it up 30 30 in 30 seconds. seconds yeah 30 seconds okay Alright, so uh, he's being hunted by the police. He gets his eyes replaced. He then decides he's going to break back in to the police station and steal one of the precogs because he needs to find out if the vision that the precog had was the actual reality of what was going to happen or an alternate reality, which they call the Minority Report. So he steals a precog. He ends up Uh, getting put in the situation where he's going to commit this murder. He decides not to and then realizes that he's set up. The reason he wants to murder this guy, by the way, is because his kid was uh, kidnapped and stolen when he was uh, like six years ago. So he finds out he was set up. He gets uh, caught. He gets imprisoned. And his wife, using his old eyeballs that he took out of his head, goes back into the jail, breaks him out, finds out that his boss set him up for this murder. And then they fucking divulge all of his plans and arrest him, and that's
0: the end of the movie. (laughs) Nice. That wasn't bad. That took you like two minutes. I will
2: add one more quick detail, and that's that the reason that his boss set him up was because his boss killed the mother of one of the precogs because the precog system wouldn't work without this particular Mm -hmm. precog individual, and the person's mom was trying to actually have her as a daughter, which is...
1: Instead of Crazy, like a human machine. Right?
2: right. Instead of a human machine for detecting crime. So that's why the, bo- the the Tom Cruise, our main character, his boss, was uh being a bad boy. So this is this was so a, that's a test
0: run of our, our new method. I think I I want to meet you in the middle, Sean, with your original proposal and say we should do one D six plus one uh okay. for time. So bare minimum two minutes. Maximum yeah. seven minutes. Um that's fair. Also, yeah. pace, I would like to get some uh some information back from the crowd. How do you think Sean did? If you had to give him a grade, uh, let's say out of a hundred, what do you think you would give him? He he had to ask yeah, for extra for the, time, but keep in mind he was working in a new system. So
2: let's let's say in the in the better version of this system he would have had two minutes. Mm-hmm. Right. That's in right. our intended version of the system, he would have two minutes. I'm gonna give him I'm gonna give him a solid eighty five out of a hundred. I think that's pretty good.
0: That's good, that's a B. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you're welcome. Now okay. what about with the task that he was given? What the the like how how well do you think he rose to the occasion of the more difficult scenario?
2: Uh I don't know. Like fifty out of hundred and yeah, he laughed a lot.
1: Yeah, it
0: was pretty bad.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was
1: pretty awesome. Oh yeah, Pace, I'm mm-hmm. sure you'll do great next time. <laughs> I'm gonna do so. I'm gonna. I'm going to have
2: like sub 30 every single time, so it's fine.
1: It's so much pressure when you like. I look down and see the timer going. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. You know oh, what you I should do?
0: Think.
2: I can barely
1: think. Anyway, we should
0: just, you know, I'll just time you and then tell you when in, when you're out of time. And I don't, then that's that's way that'll that'll work it. better. I need to, to actually show.
1: turn this time like move this timer away because it's freaking me
0: out. I'm having PTSD. There you go. All right. Well, we got to get into some science. So, what do we want to talk about first, boys? Spielberg directed this. Spielberg did. That's You know that because everything's really shiny and smooth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> everything's chrome in the Spielberg future.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't think things were shiny and smooth in Jurassic Park. But uh, Yeah, um, well, that movie wasn't about like robots and aliens, which is what he wanted this film to be That's true, about. yeah.
2: Did he direct iRobot? Who directed iRobot?
0: Okay, Pace. Uh, Will Smith.
2: Okay, sorry, sorry, Pace. sorry, sorry. No, wait, no, he didn't. He Pace. was in it. Pace? Yes.
1: Scientific were gonna topics we're going to talk
2: about in this show. Mm-hmm. One of them, Kinnan. We know we want to talk about this. That's true. Iris recognition, right? Mm. Using people's eyeballs to get them all identified and and stuff like that. Right. That's right. I'm gonna hit you with some high level knowledge that I was able to find, but I think you might even have some further knowledge that will help our listeners understand that that. Sounds so, good to me. In the movie, one of the reasons that Tom Cruise Tom Cruise's character, John Anderton, has to get uh, his eyeballs. Switched out for new ones. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep, is is
0: (laughs) like a pair of shoes, baby.
2: (laughs) Like a pair of shoes. Overnight surgery. (laughs) Is that um? Is that he's being chased by the uh by the police, and they're able, and so therefore, almost everywhere you go in this futuristic world, your eyes are being scanned to to get onto the subway, to like go into the bank, whatever, whatever, whatever it is. Right. So he gets his eyeballs removed now. But the question is, is like what? is the likelihood or what's the feasibility of in the future, the future um, of the government using Iris, the Iris as a recognition system and an ID system, almost in the same way that we use like driver's licenses and things today. That's how I interpret it. And so what I was able to find is that at least at this point in time, it's mostly feasible. And that is because there are already – a lot of organizations like border patrol agencies uh within the US, UK and Canada that already actually for for a select group of pre-identified and pre-registered people do use retinal scanning or sorry iris scanning uh, you can talk about the differences Kenan, at, at some point but um and something i didn't know apparently india has already like scanned the eyeballs of 150 million of their residents which is it's wild um yeah
0: yes it is and
2: they can detect the iris from and this the 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 details of the iris from up to nine feet away, these scanners, which I think will only get better over time. Um, this is I think there's gonna be if if we were to approach this at some point in time in the future, there's gonna be such huge pushback, right? There's gonna be a large population of people who will think this is a huge breach of their privacy and are not gonna be cool with it. Uh, but these but the technology, uh it's 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 getting there. It's you know, it's it's at the threshold.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I want to hit on one quick point that you made that is actually pretty interesting if you read about iris scanning technology because the point is made that like the drawbacks of this in, in collecting this type of information in the United States at least your yeah. eyes and everything about your physical appearance, appearance 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 are protected by the Fourth Amendment but actually your handwriting and your voice are not so you can get around hmm. the type of like personal information qualms a lot of people have, have according to our laws by doing voice recognition and handwriting technology uh, over these others. So that's just kind of like an interesting tidbit.
2: The legal consequences. The legal bur- the legal hurdles that you have to
0: legal get Legal hurdles yeah, That makes sense. Legal hurdles. So I wanted to, you mentioned this a little bit, but there's two Types of like eyeball scanning technologies that are typically used. Uh, You mentioned iris scanning technology and then also in brief retinal scanning technology. And I think Sean can shed a little bit of life on retinal scanning. Uh, I'll toss it to him afterwards. But (laughs) in iris scanning, what you're actively doing is you're actually looking at the, so the colored part of a human's eye around the actual uh, dark center uh, is known as the iris. So that's the colored region. Uh, And this is made up of a, Basically, what can be described as like a topographical map. Um, So there's a lot of complex structure inside of your iris that is very unique and can actually be used much like a fingerprint can. So a lot of the technologies that do this uh, use what's known as near-infrared light. So we've talked about the electromagnetic spectrum before. Infrared is a region of that spectrum. Near-infrared is just off to the side of that. So it's not quite infrared. uh, And it's a way of illumination Without color, where you can actually look at the, the iris that's uh, look at somebody's iris and see all of those individual like curves and loops and twisty turns that are inside the iris. So, uh, twisty turns, you guys should at some point like go and stare really close at your eyeballs in a mirror because the iris is very interesting. But there's a lot of talk now about actually combining uh, near infrared images and then colored images. Um, into a combined way of iris scanning because you can also get a lot of information on the various color differences in people's eyes. Granted, you know, you can look at a lot Hmm. of people's eyes and they could be just brown, as you might describe them, but there's a lot of, like, variation in those hues, especially when you start to look Mm -hmm, at the structure. mm -hmm. Um, For sure. Now, where I want to pass it off to Sean is for retinal scanning because uh, for retinal scanning, you're doing something like mapping the back of the eye and where the blood vessels are.
1: Yeah, so... Um, the retina is the layer on the back of your eye that is responsible for actually detecting light, and it has a blood supply directly behind it, and the, uh, I guess, distribution of blood vessels and capillaries mm-hmm. are going to be unique to each individual, just like this mesh of you know, blood vessels. If you take a picture of it, apparently we have some sort of software that's able to like accurately identify that by taking an image of your retina mm-hmm. so that's i that from my understanding i don't work in retina scanning but i do work in the eye but that's how the retina scanning works is it just looking at the mesh of uh blood vessels on the back of your eye
0: yeah and it's to my knowledge retinal scanning is harder to fake uh than iris scanning is with high enough resolutions that makes uh, sense yeah excuse me resolution images or with like really, really well rubber printed or like 3D printed images uh, or objects, you can fool some iris scanning technology. It's getting better, so it's harder to do that with a lot of iris scanning. But with retinal scanning, it's much harder because it's a deeper scan into the back of your eye. Right.
2: I also just want to quickly say before we go on to any further topic, uh, that we, we just have to quickly debunk the actual eyeball surgery.
1: Okay, yeah. I was wondering what we were talking to talk <laughs> yeah, about. We should that. talk about that right now for sure.
2: So in the movie, uh, Tom Cruise has his eyeballs replaced Yummy. with the eyeballs of one Mr. Yakamoto. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's right. and and, uh, Lord. and so we don't know exactly how the surgery went and to what degree uh, he had his eyeballs replaced. Now, the eyeball, in case you didn't know, um, on the back end of the eyeball is something called the optic nerve. And the optic nerve uh, actually extends back All the way into the brain. So, um, this is where things get tricky. I I would be shocked if whatever this sort of like ragtag criminal MD... uh, I'd be shocked if he did surgery all the way back towards the, the back end of the optic nerve. That would be fucking crazy. What I would imagine that he did was sever the back of the eye where it connects to the optic nerve. Now, the tricky part here, of course, would be finding some way for the eyeball, the new eyeball uh, to to then reconnect and become reinnervated at every single nerve fiber that was present in this bundle of an optic nerve at the back of the eye. Uh, it's not it's, it's it's not.
1: Right. It's not. Well, so it's one not of, realistic. One of the reasons this actually isn't feasible, so like you can't do an eye transplant. The optic nerve is just a bundle of nerves, it's like axons essentially of neurons and those are actually the retinal ganglion cells. So they're just like the layer of cells in your eye. They have axonal projections that form the optic nerve. So when you're cutting that, those cells are still in, like the cell bodies of those are in the retina. And you're, so they're in the eyeball and you're cutting the axons. And the only way you would be able to really transplant it is if you like had a way of like, physically stitching every single axon back together right. in a new right. eye which like we we can't do that yeah no there's no
2: all of the uh, all, all the axons are literally extending up it's not they don't just stop right at the back of the eye they extend yeah they, they go all the way into your brain they go all yeah exactly yeah they so go all into your brain
1: and then have like a synapse in the back and then go to the visual cortex or something so
0: there's no I real think. good right. way to do this i mean like no the, the the only way would be to actually replace it with some sort of like biomechanical eye where maybe the front is actually still biologically like biologically intact and the back of it is able to interface through electrical stimulation.
1: Right. Well, and like it, it really depends on what the scan is, right? Like mm-hmm. because if it's a retina scan, I mean, if it's looking at the blood supply. So it's actually funny that we talk about this now because Ken and I are – at a virtual conference this week. Mm -hmm. And I actually just watched a talk on, it was RPE transplants. So RPE is the retinal pigmented epithelium layer in the back of your retina. And they were working with a disease where patients have these cells degenerate. And they essentially were taking that patient's stem cells, differentiating them into RPE cells, and then transplanting them back into their own eye to try and replenish the retina and it was just a good example of a way that like they're essentially doing retinal surgery right and i don't know if this would change the full blood supply but it would definitely change the way your retina looks during a scan Mm so you could do something like this uh generally like when people have eye transplant surgeries they're transplanting the cornea which is the like shell covering the front of your eye right right um so i mean it depends how the scans work you can't really you can't do anything to the iris because it's like a very delicate tiny thin muscle right but yeah i don't know those are just examples of like things that you can do to the eye that maybe would make a difference but you definitely can't replace the eye
0: in the movie they also talk about how like if they had done any frontal like any surgery to the front of the eye the scanners pick it up so i would actually assume that it's like iris scanning like they're actually scanning the very front of the eye um because uh in the movie they say like they can pick up surgeries like you can see surgery scars so i mean that's beyond obviously the capabilities still of what we have but i would assume like replacing anything in the front which you're saying is the only thing that's really scientifically feasible for us at the moment um would not have been an option for tom cruise yeah yeah he should have just gotten new eyeballs just get good thing it's the future yeah
2: yeah that's a good point yeah good thing right Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Shall we discuss no. a- another topic in this movie? Oh, maybe. How about spider bots? I want
0: to talk about spider
1: bots now. Let's talk about spider bots.
2: Okay. Well, so these, um, in the movie, these are small, tiny robots that have, I, I don't know if they actually have eight legs. I'm not sure. But they, they move around like spiders, right? And they, they function, apparently they're equipped with the iris scanners, mm-hmm. right? They are utilized by the police to go into residence whenever they are searching for a criminal in this case they're searching for john anderton tom cruise's character uh to see if he's present in this uh low-income area apartment complex
0: mr anderton
2: yeah um and they basically crawl around they scan people's eyes to make sure that the perp is not located there mm. for for id people but uh, so I I will say, and you guys can add more to this as uh, as you would like. I, as of now, that that tech <laughs> we haven't equipped spider bots to to scan people's retinas. That's not a not a reasonable thing to do right now because we don't use retinal or iris scanning at the degree to which is used in this film.
0: Right, I would argue right. that it's unreasonable because of a lot of a lot of the civil liberties that we're running over in the process, yeah. but also... What? <laughs> it's like police just coming what? to a
1: building and just unleashing a horde of robots to go into everybody's yeah, house. Yeah, right,
2: <laughs> you're right. But apparently people just don't have rights in 2054 in this movie, so... I, yeah, um, you're right. I
0: mean, uh, the film, the point of this... Pace, you're correct. The point of this film is actually that people don't have rights, and that's like the problem for the whole film, so yeah, that's a good point.
2: Yeah, I mean, people were arrested before they without actually committing any crimes, Mm -hmm. right? So there's there's that aspect of it, but there are some modern instances of spider bots. I was able to find some information about how the U.S. military uses some some spider bots uh, for recon missions uh in dangerous areas that mm. might be hostile so like as a kind of an extra pair of eyes so to speak oh, okay um to kind of like act as you know little mini scouts there are also some some robots that are equipped uh with uh seismometers for detecting earthquakes mm-hmm. as well as infrared sensors uh to detect heat from volcanic explosions mm-hmm. uh so there's there's a, a wide array of, of i mean this is all honestly it's just kind of modern robotics that we're talking about right it's it's not necessarily specific to spider bots but these are just some examples as to how we're using
0: no them. I love it I mean I think to that end like also if you're interested in a lot like microbots in general it's less less of a military application yeah, but right. also right. kind of still because it is DARPA but DARPA is actually working on microbots as well and they're working on making much much smaller technical versions of what we have for robotics, yeah. they have a program called Shrimp, and you can just Google it and check out what they're Shrimp. working on. Yeah, so I think it's been they've been working on this probably since before 2019, but they got a lot of a huge injection from funding of funding from places like Honeywell uh in 2019. And I don't know, they've got some cool pics on there, so really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Hmm. We're basically there. We're basically it's just,
0: there. It's Those just robots w- are realish. People are also <laughs> developing robots to like crawl through uh like pipes and things like that. Right? I mean, like, these
2: were very smart. There was some definitely good AI in these robots, had right? Character. Like they yeah, they had character. That I don't know if we're at that level yet, but
0: there was some visual comedy associated with these robots. They were the Abbott <laughs> and Costello yes, ro- robot and Costello.
2: <laughs> that was a semi-good joke. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. I think that next we should talk about the sort of uh, interface with which Tom Cruise does yeah. his. And uh, the way in which he navigates the precogs' visions—that's mm-hmm. how I'll describe it. Right. So, um, Sean, do you do you want to describe this for us?
1: Yeah, sure. I'll describe it, and then I'll give you some okay. like gripes on this. Yeah, let, let's hear about it. Basically, Tom Cruise is equipped with like fingerless gloves, but it's really—they're really not. It's like a glove that covers his pointer, his middle, and his thumb, mm-hmm. and then the other two fingers are just free. Um, they're and like he's goth basically course. got. Yeah, he's got like a giant IMAX theater <laughs> in front in front of him and he just r- erratically waves his hands around in order to like move the screens in front of him. And like I get in the movie they're like, "Oh, this will be really cool and futuristic." But like living in a <laughs> in a society now where everyone has screens and touch screens, I don't understand why like the thought is that like oh if everything's floating in 3d this mm-hmm. is easier mm-hmm. for you to gather information yeah.
0: than for it to be 2d touchscreen. In the scene where and he's just, like looking back on his kid and his wife uh on these projected images i remember watching it and literally just being like this is worse than regular television why yeah. would anyone use it
1: <laughs> yeah so it's uh yeah it's basically like I understand that they're trying to show, like, oh, we have, like, 3D holographic technology, which we do. Like, you can make, like, a hologram image.
0: Yeah. So you got to see Tupac perform.
1: Exactly. But I don't know if, like... (laughs) the integrated nature of like how this is going to be in everything is actually, it's, it's feasible in the sense that it can be done. I just don't think it's actually as practical. So it wouldn't be done in reality. Yeah. I mean like Um, an
0: actual touchscreen would have been just as useful as what we saw. Um, Right. Exactly. Like his, his like finger movements were kind of wild. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say like, also it wouldn't have been as exciting every time he popped in that same classical track that he listened to. Um, in order to Correct. do Correct. work his magic, I don't know that scene was dumb as shit. They made like yeah, a, a, really a huge yeah. point of him popping in like one of those. Uh, it's flashy. Do you guys remember in the 1990s where there were those like go track things where it was like a single song and you popped it into like a little Walkman thing? like uh, Britney Spears would have been on it Backstreet Boys Uh you know what I'm talking about I'm Oh you look mean it up. you mean you mean hit clips Hit clips that's it You mean hit clips yes. <laughs> Where you get about 1 minute of a song Oh my god
2: that's they, right I forgot about those Those that was so dumb Cuz they couldn't was even so fit the entire dumb.
1: song on them cuz it was like a fucking mini floppy disk basically Congratulations <laughs> like,
0: Steven Spielberg you invented hit clips for Tom Cruise to do Crime
1: uh, <laughs> It the the funny thing is, I know we're talking about the technology, but that is a big thing with this movie. Um, like Sarah and I watched this movie together, and a lot of the stuff they try and portray, you're like, okay, like these are like more modern day futuristic potential technology things. But the one like big thing that no one ever predicts pre like I don't know this movie's two thousand two, basically pre like two thousand five. Is all of the data? It's always a hard copy of mm-hmm. everything. Yeah, like there's it, always yeah, a hard why, why copy. That? Yeah. But the idea is that none of it would ever be a hard copy. It would all just no. be on no. a drive somewhere on the internet, and you would just download it. But like in none of yeah. these movies, no one has that as like a thing. Now
2: so. remember, Sean, this was basically pre. This was basically pre-internet. Still, like. Because,
1: yeah, I mean, no, we were completely pre internet, yeah.
2: pre-internet, but it's like super early internet, so it hadn't become as ubiquitous. But yeah, I know what you mean. You'd think that we'd make those leaps and bounds, you would think that we would make them, and just didn't translate.
1: I'm not saying that, like, it's, I'm like, oh, I can't believe they didn't see this coming, because obviously, like, that's a crazy thing to say. Like, how would they know? But it's funny because people always predict stuff like we're going to have fucking jetpacks and automatic cars and like 3d finger computer screens and shit. But we're going to grab this little glass floppy disk instead of a regular <laughs> metal one. And you're like, no, there's no
0: way yeah, they're still using <laughs> thumb drives on. Right. Every single yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yep. All right. Well, I think we've dunked on, you know, minority report actually did a really good job of predicting some like future technologies. There are, there are articles and studies done on Minority Report for these, but...
1: Guys, do we have any more science we want to hit real quick before we go into the ratings? Oh,
0: I hope not. We should just do a couple more quick things. Ugh, just a couple
2: more right. quick things, okay?
1: Yeah, First I feel one... I like there's so much. We got to say something, Ken. Uh, right. Well,
2: just like really quick. W- one important move part of this movie that I bet people are thinking about is, w- how, if can we actually predict where crimes are happening, right? Predictive policing. Mm-hmm. Okay. We. I mean, pre- precogs don't exist. These are... These are children of drug addicts that had superpowers. That's not a real thing. <laughs> wait, wait. Okay, you're
1: telling me that's not a real thing. Yes,
2: I'm telling you it's not <sighs> a real thing. Now, but there there is some uh, there is some cool there are some cool ways in which some police departments are are leveraging crime data in order to better predict where crime might happen in actual ways that are reasonable, like uh, like the L.A. Police Department, uh, which basically aggregates crime data. That it gathers over time to figure out where crime hotspots are in the larger metropolitan area, and then use that to monitor these hotspots more closely. Um, and doing this has led to a overall reduction, a significant reduction in crime rates in these areas. So that's one ways in which we sort of predict uh, where crimes might it happen, also and then act upon that.
0: Gives you information when you log into Zillow. <laughs> That's true. It was funnier that in my head. We true. can keep going. It's fine. Oh, no. That was really good, <laughs> Kenan.
2: Oh, my God. I'm going to use that to pick my apartment next time. You're so helpful. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're so smart.
0: Zillowee sponsors. Yeah. Okay. I guess. Yeah. Uh, do you guys have anything else? Yeah. I want to talk about the sticks that make people throw up. Oh, vomit vomit sticks. Mm-hmm. I love that they actually called them sick sticks. It's actually pretty in the, good. In the movie. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. So, Okay. Kenan, you want to talk about? It? You want me to say? I something? I want you
0: to talk about it. The only thing I was going to say is it six sticks is good, but puky po- puky pokies would have been better. Oh man, that would have been <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> puky pokers, uh. pukin pokes,
0: pukin poke. Okay, you. So basically, you say real words.
1: The idea of this is that it's a it's a non lethal weapon that just makes someone violently ill and incapacitates them, and it looks like a like a taser slash billy club sort of style thing where it's like an electric stick that you hit someone and they just instantly vomit um i don't know if we have something exactly like this i'm sure the military is working on something that makes people sick but really like i feel like it's the equivalent of using like a taser or like a cattle prod or something like it's just a stick that Will electrify someone and incapacitate them, but not kill them.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was an attempt for a long time to also make a flashlight version of this that was like supposed to be an incredible like oscillation of LEDs, basically like the same idea, uh, so that like a viewer, if somebody were to look at it, were would puke and <laughs> like it was supposed to disorient you. And so the idea was like, oh, your brain doesn't have time to like focus on. Uh, What's happening in front of you, but apparently, like the manufacturers of it tried it out, and like most people weren't even affected by it. It's just like really bright and really fucking annoying.
1: (laughs) It's like they were (laughs) like, we could use like you know a flashbang, but what if
0: we also got people to throw up? Yeah, but what if people
1: vomited?
2: What if they vomited? What if they blew their chunks? There were,
0: where was this thing in development? I don't really remember uh who who had it but there was a thing in development for a long time that was a microwave emitter and it was like a focused beam um and it was intended to be used in crowds which is real cool where yeah, you could perfect. like kind of focus it in a swath and it wouldn't like burn people but it would cause feelings of intense heat um in order to like disperse crowds um so that exists helpful yeah. Well, that Gross. that's
1: a lot worse than the Men in Black device that didn't work. Yeah, agree.
0: I think things uh. would just be a lot better if we stopped trying to like hurt people who were protesting or you know existing. But whatever. yeah, yeah, you know. again, that's why you don't work for the military. That's why that's among many reasons. That's why I'm not for the military. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, that's true. If they they ask you on the on the military test, are you a pacifist? <laughs>
1: And you say yes, and then they go, "Ooh,
0: yeah, Ooh. that's
2: going to be a big no from me, Cotton." Dave, your
0: um, resume looks great, but uh, I don't know if you're going to be a fit for the U.S. Army. Pace, was that a dodgeball reference? That was a that was a reference.
2: dodgeball reference. Yes, uh-huh.
0: <laughs> I. You know what? Yeah. I was going to gloss over it out of pure like um, principle, but I think you should be given praise for referencing a film. So, thank you. Good job. Well, I Canin, love
2: that. I love that movie.
1: You guys know what it means when Pace starts referencing dodgeball. What does it mean? It means it's time to rate this, bitch. Oh,
0: fuck. What? <inaudible> pace, did, sorry, did you do the siren? I did not. Um, pace. Spoiler, I don't ever
2: do the siren. Pace, yeah. we
0: can't go into... I No, actually, if you go back and listen to every episode, I've added a clip that you did early on I, uh, of okay. you doing the siren. So I lost I that the last time, you. though, so I need you to do the siren so I yeah. can go into the rating.
2: Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Yes.
0: <laughs> Why did you do it like Adam Sandler?
2: <laughs> because that's the only proper way to do a siren direction <laughs> to the ratings.
0: All right. I'm going to read that this was... movie. <laughs> you that was well something. Fun. All yeah. right. This movie, we do entertainment. No, we do science first. The science Jesus of this movie Christ. was a... Th- th- no. 2.5 out of 5, I think. Um, wow. Because it's actually I mean, like it was created before a lot of these technologies existed, and they do kind of exist in somewhat of a similar form. So I would say that like it, pretty well on the mark in retrospect, uh, definitely just science fiction if we had watched it back in 2000 whenever when it came out. Um, yeah. So I'm going to give it a 2.5 out of 5. So it gets a 50%, kind of like Sean's plot summary. Um, And then as far as entertainment goes, (laughs) I'm going to give it, I'm going to give this movie a solid three out of five. I have a lot of like, I thought the movie was enjoyable to watch, but I have a lot of like basic movie making storytelling qualms with the film. Um, uh, like. It's not doing a good job of maintaining tone. Tone. Um, there's a lot of things that I think like were wrapped up in ways that were weird, and those are probably just attributed to personal issues or preferences. So I'm gonna give it a mm. 3.5 out of five. Mm. You should watch this film. You shouldn't watch this film more than once.
2: Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Hmm. All right. I'm done. Sean.
1: Um, I I'm done with my ratings for this. Oh, are yeah, you? Thank
2: yeah. you, thank you, Kenan.
0: Because you're sold. Okay. Sean, is can I, you go? Well, hmm okay
1: okay so i think that the movie should get a three out of ten for the science because i think that they definitely did get some things so the the eye scanning technology i think like the degree to which it's used in the show even though that's not show in the movie even though that's not how it actually <laughs> works that is theoretically something that could happen it would be more like a station that you have to go get your eye scanned in not just like passively scanning everybody that walks around. But something like that could be applied. And people could use jetpacks for fighting crime, I guess. You know, there's stuff like that in the movie. But the whole thing with the precogs um, and the eye transplant, which, like, are huge focal points of the story, there's just, like, no, that's not real. Like, precogs are just people that can see the future. That's not real.
0: Uh, Yeah, I forgot about all the ESP. My bad.
1: Yeah, so I'm just giving it a 3 out of 10. Um, For the entertainment,
0: uh, I'm going to give it, like... Like an
1: eight or like probably like an eight or nine out of ten. It's really good. I'll, let's let's go with an eight out of ten. I liked the movie a lot. Right, I, you I thought it. it was entertaining. I I mean, the only plot thing that, that was wild to me, but I just brushed it away, um, was the fact that he just still had access to the building oh that he worked at <laughs> after, after Twice. he was one, wanted for pre-murder and two, already imprisoned there. So that was really wild. Yeah, I don't understand. Also, why do they keep people in jail at the same place where they do the the crime work? It doesn't make any sense either. Yes, I agree. Yeah. But aside from that, I thought the movie was good. The story's good. Like the twist is pretty good. Like you kind of see it coming, but you're also like, oh, shit, like it's still good. So go see this movie. Pace, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm gonna give the science uh, a two out of five. You know, I, I think that just for the, you know, semi-decent job that they do predicting some of what the future tech might look like, they do a mediocre job at doing it. You know, some stuff was okay, some stuff was completely wrong. Mm-hmm. But then the major detriment here is the eyeball surgery and the very existence of the precogs. So it's that's, that's at this point in time complete science fiction, right? That's my take on that. In regards to the entertainment I really liked it. Uh, this is this is a Philip K. Dick book, an mm-hmm. um, order to report, and and I I just love it from a storytelling perspective. Like I I really enjoyed just like I I would have again. I was I was thinking throughout this. I would really like to actually just read this, um, yeah. Which you can, but uh, but I, but I I still think it was a very it was just, for me it was a very engaging story. I I liked the. You know the plot twists were satisfying. They weren't too wild, but I was I was fairly I was fairly impressed and you know and entertained throughout the entire thing. So I liked it.
0: Yeah, I think I said at the end of the uh, movie, I I should read this book because I think like a lot of the qualms that I had about how the story was told and about the pacing and about the tone. Right. Uh, because I don't think this movie picks a tone very well. Like early on in the film, it really, really nails weird 70s science fiction, like things that are there for unnecessary reasons. Like, weird vibe strange characters in the movie and then Guy there's with like no
1: eyeballs in alley
0: yes exactly <laughs> and like like it does weird very really well but then it shifts over to like drama and then about halfway through the film there's a scene where tom cruise is chasing his eyeballs down an incline as they roll away from him <laughs> like a fucking abbott and Costello, sorry a robot yeah, and Costello yeah it's, it's dumb. insane so yeah. i think like reading the book would maybe give me a better appreciation for it
2: i think i think it would
1: wait pace what did you rate the entertainment Four out of five. Four out of five. Okay. Nice. Cool. Sorry.
0: Yeah. I All right.
2: Yeah, I liked it. I, everyone should watch it. I mean yeah, you don't you need to rewatch it. it, but it's good.
1: It's a good movie. I mean, it, let's put it this way if you watch every movie that we watch on the show, you should definitely watch Minority Report.
0: Yeah, or five. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. some 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 that you should skip and uh out of yes. the collection I would say don't skip this one. Correct. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Do we have any questions? Is my question. There's you know, just guys, like some questions that I'm curious about. I think before we get to the
1: questions oh, fuck. I'm going to make sure uh, that we don't forget right, yeah, the most we, important we, segment of the show. We is an, oh, interesting, what's that Sean, which is Sean's quote segment. Mm-hmm. Sean's quote corner. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And to help us, um, I hired, uh, Andy Sandberg to okay. lead us in. Okay. With a jingle. All right, Andy, you ready? Okay. Yeah. Andy, just take it away. Sean's reading quotes. Sean's reading quotes. Everybody look at Sean. Cause he's reading you some quotes. <laughs> take a good hard look at these motherfucking quotes (laughs) thanks andy you can leave now (laughs) yeah get the fuck out of here andy
0: oh my god
1: guys i told him to write a jingle and i'm pretty sure he just took one of his classic uh lonely island bits and just replaced some of the words that doesn't
2: surprise me yeah classic classic a a
1: classic lonely island (laughs) bit um well, anyways, uh, thanks, Andy. Yeah, okay, thank so, you, Andy Sam. <laughs> guys, we got we got a few quotes from Rotten Tomatoes. So first quote, you know these quotes aren't as funny, but they're just good ones. So <laughs> Fletcher, Fletcher, what? the cop, he this quote just says, "Get your six sticks ready," and that's, that's it. Good, I mean, that is a quote from the film. That's Get your six the sticks ready. Get your six sticks ready. Which is hard to say.
2: It almost kind of sounds like get your six dicks ready. Like, I have six dicks and they're mm-hmm. all ready to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. I thought it sounded like thick sticks. Okay, here's, here's, another, get your one. Really here's another one. Here's another one. Got a second quote for you. Mm-hmm.
1: This okay. one is from John Anderton. Mr. And Andrew. he goes, Hello, Lamar. I just wanted to congratulate you. You did it. You created a world without murder. And all you had to do
0: was kill someone to do it. <laughs> That's nice. needlessly dramatic in hindsight. It is. It is. There so, were a lot of lines in this film that were needlessly dramatic. That's
2: true. That's true. Yeah.
0: So I'm just going to stop with two
1: because I don't want to beat these quotes into the ground because the, the segment can be terrible if mm. it only occupies about two minutes of the show. Yeah.
2: Okay. So. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right.
1: That's um, fair.
0: We don't have a reason to cut it if you don't take too long. So exactly, That's true. Yeah.
1: and you know, hey, Andy might join us next week. Who knows? Oh, I hope not. I, I really hope really so. I hope not. I don't um, know. He might. He might sing "Quote in a Box." I have no idea. Hey, I'm gonna do
0: the. I'm gonna do the jingle next week. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Okay. I will forever do your jingle if it prevents Andy Sandberg from coming back to our podcast. <laughs> I mean, I may have hey, paid Brooklyn him for the next six months. I don't good know. Content, so. <laughs> Um, <laughs> All right, give me some questions. We sh-
2: yeah, we got a question on Twitter from uh, Curtis Ryan DeGraw, D. N. DeGraw at Abnormal Mormon on Twitter. Aside from a B plot from Ghostbusters, yeah. is there any indication that precognition is or could ever be a real thing? No, it, no, yeah, no, it's not. I mean, I mean, no. you can't you can't predict the future. It's it's just. You know, we can't we can't do it with our brain unless you feel it it's going to rain in your knees. That's precognition.
0: Yeah, I think what is required <laughs> from like a scientific standpoint is for there to be an actual connection between like time and your brain and yeah, there right. isn't. So like there would need no. to be some some way for your brain to experience non-linearly experience the progression of time and it doesn't. It experiences yeah. it linearly.
1: So right. we're
2: restricted. We're restricted as biological humans.
0: I think the best
1: you could do is just have a ton of information on someone's like plan of what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Like if someone you know yeah. wrote in a journal a very detailed murder plot at a date and time and stuff, then you could show up to stop it. But you're not going to be able to do it telepathically. There's just no way. Yeah, you're especially not going to be able to do it telepathically by having your parents do a bunch of heroin. There's just like that's wild. Yeah,
0: I I think actually, Sean, to your point. Uh, if the human brain becomes complex enough to run the type of algorithms that we use for predictive behavior, um, or predictive algorithms in general, and they advance far enough so that you can just do them yourself, um, because you're just that smart, then sure. Yeah, absolutely. Like if you're like, it's, it would be at that question. It would be a question of pattern recognition, uh, rather than actual precognition, right?
1: Right, exactly. Like, you're just using, like, real-time
0: data to make inferences.
1: You're not actually seeing the future. Exactly. Um, I also want to real quick mention, is the drug in the movie called Neroin? Neroin. 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 I thought they just took heroin and put an N on it. I mean, they basically
0: did. It's one of the (laughs) laziest named drugs ever, but... Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Let me take that back. Actually, uh, in the first, uh, second Star Wars movie in the timeline, episode two, uh, a man in a bar tries to sell Obi Wan Kenobi something called death sticks, and that's the <laughs> laziest drug ever named. Yeah. in any sort of. You want to buy
2: some death sticks?
1: Yeah, that's so bad.
0: Oh, um, I can't even dive into that. Terrible films. Don't want to mm. say. Oh,
2: it's fine.
0: We'll do next episode. Oh, we should talk about the next movie. We're going to do Revenge of the Sith for the next film. Yes. <laughs> no, 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 no no, 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 What? Wait,
1: what? No, no, no. Sean, you um, the one. Okay, first I want to say thanks, Merman, for the question, friend of the show. If you want to get your questions right on the show, you can send them into realsciencecast at gmod.com. You can tweet at realsciencecast, or you can post it on our Facebook page, Real ScienceCast. Mm -hmm. or you can check out our website realsciencecast.com
0: yep all of our social Um, media is actually collated there including our instagram which i have started to post on more frequently so please feel free to ask us questions there as well and those can be science questions or non-science questions we will answer basically anything and if we don't want to then we won't exactly but it doesn't doesn't hurt to ask Mm -mm. uh kenan next week yeah i want to can i pick the film this time please yeah, uh, sure. Can I just pick the film? I've been asking to do this film for such a very long time, and I think Okay, Kenan. What is you it? <sighs> I really true. just feel like our podcast is due for another space movie, and I would like to watch Apollo 13.
1: Uh okay, Kenan. All right. I mean, no one's I'll asked, asked to it do happen. that before. I'll I'll let you I'll let us do that movie okay. on the condition that I have the DVD, so for some reason <laughs> <sitting> <laughs> <there>. <laughs> Why? It's because my dad found it and gave it to me. He was like, oh, you guys should do this for the show. That's Fuck. why I've been asking this whole time because I have a DVD copy.
0: <laughs> God damn it. All right. Next time we're going to do Apollo 13. So get us, get us your questions about space travel, space exploration. And I don't. What else is about the number 13? What else is this movie about? I don't remember.
1: It, it's about surviving on the trip back from the moon mm-hmm. when shit is going haywire in your space station. It's Tom Hanks. He's. Uh, trying to breathe create uh, CO2 scrubbers mm-hmm. to breathe oxygen so it's the Martian to, like, but older. It's
0: exactly the Martian but older. Okay, cool, got it. Perfect. <laughs> well, Except the first it's actually perfect.
1: based on a based on a true story.
0: I think our third movie that we ever did was The Martian, so I'm happy to do a fifth reboot. movie. Fifth movie. I'm so sorry. I apologize. If, I don't listen to our if, show. If I had to guess, I'd say our third movie may have been The Happening. <laughs> I think our third movie was The Happening and our fourth movie was Osmosis Jones. We do a great podcast.
1: (laughs) We do. More people Uh, should listen to it.
0: So if you like our podcast, and you enjoy the content, and you want to engage more, please do send us questions. Uh, We have a Patreon that you can check out. Uh, So if you have a little bit of hard-earned cash that you can throw our way, uh, give us $2 or more a month, and you can send us some movies. And we will do those movies for you and do our best to extract as much science as humanly possible. But otherwise, just please. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Make them listen to this show. Strap them to a wall with duct tape. And make them listen to, I want to say, maybe the last episode? What was the last thing we did? What was it? The Core? The Core. You should listen to The Core. I think we did an episode before that, but maybe not. You should listen to The Core. It's pretty fucking good. Oh, we did Doom. We did Doom Doom is also... These these recent episodes have been bangers. Tell your friends not to listen from the beginning. There's some gold up there early on, but... The new, the most recent ones are great.
1: Strap them down, and while they're while they're talking to you, going like, I can listen without being strapped down. You just tell them like, I don't care. Your Kenan told me to strap you down, so I'm strapping
0: you down. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but make sure they're comfortable. This has to be like a. This has to be. Ask your partner how they're feeling. Pleasant Let experience. them know. Say, hey, like, does this feel good? Um, listen <laughs> yeah, to their feedback. Right. Um, but the part that's not negotiable is listening to our podcast. So yeah. yeah.
1: yeah right. Some would it right. be better if they talked more about Paul Blart? We could add that in there.
0: I'm happy to Something do Paul like that. Blart. I am. I listeners. I'm ready to do Paul Blart one or two at the drop of a hat. You just give the word. <laughs> if you, if you guys need
1: us to do a bespoke Paul Blart, uh, episode for you and your partner while you're trying tying each other down
0: yeah we could do that Let for you no know. <laughs> i'm we're happy to be your paul blart pillow talk in fact that's the name of the podcast <laughs> okay perfect i i guess we're done right i think we're done we don't have anything else any other housekeeping you know we nailed it you don't want to do any shout, outs? shout Kenned, outs we did a good job with the time we gotta stop all right we cool just, i love you guys my name's is smith my name's sean Crosson. Mm-hmm. i'm michael Pace. I want to give a and shout out to Cracker Barrel for doing the same thing for a hundred years. You don't need good
1: science to, to make keep it Cracker a, Barrel. Come on a down and get yourself some homemade, real science biscuits. I, think I got that's, food poisoning from a Cracker Barrel <laughs> one time. <laughs> Those gift shops are
0: shit. You guys, when you once we're done recording and we felt feel good about ourselves, um, you guys should at the very least Google the ice cream scene from Paul Blart Mall Cop, Okay? Alright, yes, fine. I've seen that scene. I've seen that scene. It's cool. upsetting it's to watch. Horrible. Mm-hmm. It's yeah.
1: God, now all I can think of was that. it. stop. Alright.
0: Let me do the let me do the thing. Paul God. Blart Mindworm. <laughs> Paul Blart, Mind mindcop. <laughs>